What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show. A time of recording it is 2.18 p.m. on Tuesday, March 10th, 2020. And with me on the other line all the way from Burlington, Vermont, is our good old friend, the oldest friend of the pod, the, I, I, I don't even know, the, the, the number one person ever, Eric Leroy Simpson. <laughs> Eric's Ten thousand years. It has such it, a crick in the neck. It's a, <laughs> what's what is that from again? Aladdin. That is from Aladdin. That's right. I was thinking the Titanic lady. It has been eighty-four years. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good to have you back. It's good to be potting again. You got you really wanted to come on and talk about some things. I'm going to open up the floor for you in just a moment, but I wanted to say that. Uh, I do want to try and get back to, to potting on a regular basis. Uh, the people, you chief among them, have been like, where have the pods been? And I haven't recorded one since Kobe Bryant passed, and I'm glad I recorded that. But we have so many things to talk about. We have sport ball things to talk about, Tom Brady and the the NBA season, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Bucks, etc. We have baseball, Houston Astros cheating things. The Bruins are good again. March Madness is around the corner, and it, it, there's no good college basketball player this NBA draft is going to be really bad. Anyway, those are all sports things. But this, <laughs> those are all sports things. There's there's music stuff to talk about. There's, but we are not talking about that today. What are we talking about today, Eric? We are largely focusing on politics, and we are specifically focusing on the 2020 Democratic primary, which has become a two horse race mm-hmm. between Senator Bernard Sanders and Vice President, or rather former Vice President Joe Biden, and. Today, we are recording this as sort of less Super Tuesday goes on, and there are primaries going on in several Luke states. Lukewarm Tuesday. Lukewarm Tuesday. You got uh, Michigan, I think, is is taking the role as the most important primary of the day because that is where Bernie Sanders has focused a lot of his efforts uh, trying to stay alive in this race. Today is basically going to tell us you, the people, are going to be listening to this podcast on Wednesday. That is when we are going to uh, – so you listening are going to know more than Eric and I know. And that's kind of a funny timing for this. But we still wanted to talk about it because you have some things to say, Eric. What do you think about the state of the race in terms of where Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are currently positioned? Um, I suppose I'm feeling a bit um... – nervous there's so i was a big time liz warren supporter as someone who voted for her for senator back in mass in 2012 and i just voted for her on super tuesday in vermont even though it was a certainty that local bernie sanders was going to win um but for me it was like i was 100 percent in on liz and then Bernie was my number two at like, you know, like 97%. Like there was just a marginal difference for me. And yet still the like division between their supporters really left a sour taste in my mouth. Um, And I also just, the big thing I'm feeling is a lot of uh, frustration and uh, apathy or like, for lack of a better word, depression. Because, like, the voter turnout among young people hasn't been what it was four years ago for Bernie. Um, I think a lot of young people are going to be... Well, there will be still plenty that want to vote for Joe if he wins. But there's going to be a lot who are going to be bummed if it's not Bernie or Liz. And they're not excited about uh, who's on the ticket. Right. It has been... 
at the forefront of my mind the last couple of weeks the idea of Joe Biden uh, relatively cruising to the nomination from this point forward after a one of the more miraculous 72-hour turnarounds you could ever have. And the, the, the whole role of Jim Clyburn endorsing him in South Carolina uh, and yeah. him winning that state by a wide, wide margin. And then the other centrist candidates backing out and coming together behind him and yeah, consolidating all those votes, Pete and Amy and even Beto O'Rourke and Kamala Harris and uh, people who have denounced Joe Biden in various ways supporting him. Um, so, so that he, so that he is now the, um, pretty significant favorite to be the democratic nominee for president. It's disheartening to a lot of people who, are part of Bernie Sanders's voting base because they think that everybody who is not, it's sort of an us against the world uh, uh, mentality that they work themselves into, which is not entirely yeah. true and not entirely untrue. Right. Because yeah. it does seem yeah. like there are there, just like there were four years ago, there are democratic uh, people in the DNC and Democratic senators and congressmen and women who don't like Bernie because they think he's quote-unquote radical or Joe Biden used the speech after he won South Carolina. He said, if you want to vote for a Democrat, that's a Democrat, meaning that Bernie is not a Democrat and he's a socialist, which, again, is not in, not true but not untrue. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's – a lot of people – I feel like not everyone realizes that in the Senate he's an independent. Right. Um, and it's, and it, it's weird. I, I I even forgot when I voted for him for senator last fall or twenty eighteen. I was like, oh yeah, he isn't listed under Democrat. Someone else is here. He's listed for independent. Um, but yeah, and like I'm glad that all the candidates have been you know doing the whole oh we need unity no matter who wins. And even Bloomberg uh, is like I'm gonna like spend all my money instead of running on whoever gets the nomination now. And I'm like okay good much as Bloomberg's fucking sucks I'm glad that uh, Liz Warren kneecapped him and, that's uh, that's sort of what's gonna it. end up being the story of her campaign is that she right. took out Mike Bloomberg at the knees uh, which is well, good on her but it's it still you know I'm still really you not only voted for Elizabeth Warren you made calls for her what was it like to make political calls it was stressful as all hell but also empowering once I did a couple even if, like, at best, I got someone who was uh, said there she was going to vote for Klobuchar, uh, I was like, okay, well, is Liz Warren your second choice? And second, your second choice matters a lot in a caucus, so that felt good. But I only spent, I did it for like an hour. I, at one point, I like scheduled to do it again, like a week later, but I didn't get around to it. But it still felt good to participate. It was both scary, but also easier than I expected. Like they had a whole web thing set up to like walk you through it like step by step like as soon as the person on the phone gives an answer you click a button for what they said and it tells you the next thing to say it was very easy um without feeling inauthentic either which was nice mm-hmm. the um oh, no, go ahead yeah i cut you off go for it no, no that's all right um so it felt good to participate and i think it's it was good to feel like, okay, I can do this. Like I, sometimes I've got, I would get afraid to commit time, especially to go door to door. Cause that's like a big time commitment as well as, you know, you're, you worry about getting yelled at. That's on someone's front porch. Um, yeah, it's not really fun. 
No. But it's it feels really important. And I think that's the thing I want people to hold on to the most is that um, at one point on Pod Save America, I believe, there was a talk about how um, I think a big thing about what happened with the Obama years was that a lot of people, especially young people who are politically minded, became sort of had this idea of that they wanted someone who to vote for someone who they really like and admire. Like it's a celebrity thing as more than feeling like they need to vote out of civic duty. So they didn't feel it as much for Hillary Clinton and were or bummed out about Bernie losing the primary back in 2016. And I think civic duty is something that our generation really doesn't feel like they feel really disenfranchised or like they don't have any power or say, which is a really understandable sentiment. Mm-hmm. But, um, there's, there's, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you don't have a right to complain if you don't vote. And I, there's some truth to that. Um, the big thing is to always just stay positive and try to encourage people. Like there's no better time than right now to try to get involved. Do you plan on making any calls on Bernie's behalf? Um, perhaps. Um, I, uh, one of the things that helps me get, do it with the Liz for Liz was that <laughs> her, I would get texts from her all the time people pushing to donate or to get involved and that helps push me to actually commit to doing it. There you go. Um, and it feels weird. It's like when the American Red Cross calls you and guilts you into uh, killing, giving blood and then when you do it, you're like, I guess it is still a good thing. Oh, well. Because um, it's so annoying when they call all the time. But, and I'm, so I'm, I'd, I'd have to step up to do it for Bernie and I'll do it for Biden too if he wins in, in for November. Um, it, it, maybe even go door to door. Yeah. It, it certainly seems that we are headed that way, and I think about six months ago we thought we were headed that way, and then for the first time in the you know four-plus years that Bernie Sanders has been irrelevant in the wider national political landscape and trying to become the Democratic nominee, there was a period of about a month, month and a half where I thought that he was going to do it, and then he was the favorite, and it was a startling, startling thing. And Biden got fourth in Iowa and fifth in New Hampshire and was dead in the water. And it all flipped in South Carolina. And then here we are. Super Tuesday, Joe Biden wins a bunch of states, including Elizabeth Warren's own home state of Massachusetts, where I voted for, for Bernie. And now we're at a point where if he doesn't do if he doesn't win Michigan today and he doesn't do well enough in most of these states I think Mississippi there's various states that are doing primaries today then they're gonna it that that's gonna be it and we're gonna end up with yeah. Joe Biden as the Democratic nominee for president we're gonna have two old uh you know guys who are pretty pretty visibly deteriorating <laughs> yeah um I'm it's making me really think about that whoever they pick for vice president is going to be extremely important. I think the odds that between Trump, Biden or Bernie, the odds of them live like the odds of them passing away in the time before 2024 is really high. Especially Um, if one of them gets coronavirus. Oh my God. Yeah. That possibility seems really high to me, even for, even for how much of a germaphobe Trump is. He's also an idiot. Keeps touching his face. Um, do you think that uh, if Joe Biden were to win the nomination, is there a particular person you would want to for him to pick as a running mate? Liz Warren, no question. She's, I think, the, re- the one of the reasons I loved her a bit more than I love Bernie was that 
she's a better storyteller. Bernie is really like st- like really steadfast and pushes really hard. But I think Liz is a lot more charming um, and can like really bring people in with a story about her personal life. Whereas Bernie doesn't have that story as much, um, you know. And like, there's a f- there other minor things that I think are just less attractive. Like his his wife isn't isn't uh, is not nearly as well liked around here as much as I think Liz's husband would be as like a first husband or uh, I don't know what the I for those this. for those who are listening who don't really know anything about Bernie Sanders' wife do you want to give a bit of a synopsis about that and why people um, not wouldn't like her it's it's a series of small things but I, but also I get the vibe that she would not be a terribly active first lady if she became that like I think she's gotten you know in the city of Burlington there's been a, a scandal or two over the years and that she Bernie is largely like does everything alone when he's doing public stuff. Um, you don't see her very often. Uh, I randomly met her one time and I didn't know who she was and I did not have a great interaction. Um, Mm. uh, I was working for UPS at the time and I had to pick up a package for her from her and it was not ready to go. She didn't like the label wasn't like, didn't have anything to stick on. I had to tape it up myself and it sort of annoyed me because I had to go out of my way to get it. Um, and it was only after I wrapped it all up that I saw it, it said Bernie Sanders on the sending label. I was like, oh, shit. What? That was weird. So if Bernie Sanders were to win the nomination, do you also would you also want him to pick Liz? Oh, absolutely. And that one just makes sense because they their policies are so similar. Um, and I think Liz would be a fantastic emotional leader in a way that Bernie can't. Biden absolutely can do that. Um, as long as he's, you know, knows who, where he uh, is, which, which way, which direction he's facing, and everything. Um, work the arms, work the arms. Yeah. No, uh, no, if it's your wife or your sister standing next to you. Yeah. Do you uh, do you think that one of them has? I mean, this is where this is all a guessing game at this point. Do you have a guess as right. to who? We, we, I, I, as to, who, as to who, to as to who, anything. as to who you think would uh, stand a better chance of beating Trump in a couple months? Um, I think Biden and Bernie both have risks for di- very different reasons. Biden is not as exciting, and he hasn't had like as exciting of a campaign as Bernie has had. Whereas Bernie scares a lot of people because like the media is really working against him by like if you there's there's a lot of especially like CNN have a lot of they are very ready to cast Bernie in a negative light. And you can speculate all you want about like, oh, it's their sponsors are afraid of him or Bernie's not likable or whatever it is. But Bernie has an uphill battle in terms of charming voters over. I think if he just sticks to the policies themselves, then he'll have a better time instead of talking about Fidel Castro. Um, Biden, when he stays on message and doesn't get grumpy, he is a really still a really good candidate. Um, I think he had a rough patch for a while where he uh, got the impression I have of him was that he got annoyed that people weren't didn't like already like immediately take him in. It's like, oh, of course, we're all voting for Joe. Like, no, he had to like really fight for it. And I think that might have annoyed him a little bit. And he's like, what? What? You guys didn't like hand me the nomination? What's going on? Um, but I think he would still be a very good president because even Biden's. Uh, platform is far more progressive than any president ever. 
Um, it's not, obviously not as progressive as Bernie's is, but it still would be better than Hillary's was in 2016. And I think that's worth mentioning. Yeah. And Trump would take different roots in terms of trying to break the two of them down. I do think that a lot of there would be a lot of harmful advertisements about this mental state of Joe Biden, which would obviously be hypocritical of the Trump campaign to do because Trump is <laughs> not right. not so yeah. great mentally himself, but that's sort of beside the point. And then with Bernie, he would just I think Trump and his I mean, campaign would just drum up a whole you're you're a ra- a, ra- a, radi- a radical socialist who right. just is has all these crazy ideas that's going to tear down everything that we know about the structure of right. the government. And, it, and it, that's going to work. An advantage Bernie has is that he's like had the same policy and ideas for like decades and has said he called himself a socialist for a long time. So it's not like a scandal. It's like it's not news. Um, the difference is can he like make compel i think bernie will be fine on stage next to trump it may be a shouting match like the last debate was a clusterfuck but yeah i i'm not worried about bernie getting rolled over uh i mean if anything like i i'm I'm one of those people i'm a believer that trump didn't really want to win in 2016 and i have no idea i mean he he hates losing like on purpose i mean he rather he hates looking like he's a loser so he will like still fight for the nomination um but and I and I the big thing is to fear like former years of him in which he's not worried about losing re-election. He might get impeached again, but him unhinged even more and mentally deteriorating further is really bad for the country. Like seeing all of the like medical experts trying to talk about COVID nineteen and having to sort of kiss up to him so they're they're allowed to say the truth uh, after he's done talking, and then he'll just like immediately like interrupt and contradict them. It's fucking infuriating. And really scary. I'm hoping that the fear of this kind of like really uh, kicks back the anti-vaccine movement and other like people will have to listen to scientists and experts because of all of this. And they'll maybe people will realize they should vaccinate their kids this time around. Do you think that the I mean, what it, it is, it is just sort of a wild question to ask about the role that coronavirus is going to play no matter who gets the Democratic nomination in this election, not only because some of the large gatherings are going to have to be canceled and then Trump's Trump's handling or mishandling the entire Trump administration's mishandling of the coronavirus has to be a major focal point of Bernie or Biden's presidential bid if they get the nomination, doesn't it? Absolutely. It has to be. It's one of the, you know, because I think the impeachment feels like it was three years ago now even though it was just, it ended early February. And right, also people like, remember that he shut down the government for over a month, a year ago? Everyone forgot about that already. Oh, there's like the number of scandals they could go into, but coronavirus is to me one of the more striking, like he is not equipped to handle this uh, because he cares, like he even wanted to leave the people on the cruise ship. Like he doesn't, he cares way more about the optics of, the, of COVID-19 than actually taking care of the situation. And, you know, Mike Pence is certainly not a comfort. He's more mentally there, but he's still not equipped to handle anything. Um, so the coronavirus thing is a huge thing they got to rail him for. Um, the question, I think the big thing, though, is that what I think didn't work for Hillary in 2016 was like their, the, 
their whole message going into the election was Trump is not fit. He sucks. You have to vote for me. And I think people get that at this point. That's not news to anyone, whether they support Trump or not, that he sucks. Um, or at least that that's that's not going to be a new opinion other than maybe coronavirus might change people's minds because they're so scared and seeing how incompetent he is. I think the big message is trying to get people's excited about voting for Joe or for Bernie or whoever it is or Tulsi Gabbard since she didn't drop out yet. Um, <laughs> she got a delegate. She, she has a delegate. She's on the board. About, uh, where she was born. Um, one delegate. God bless you, Tulsi. <laughs> no, fuck Tulsi Gabbard. Um, yeah, yeah. But the big thing will be you have to drum up excitement for that candidate instead of just saying, well, I'm better than the other guy. That's not going to get people excited to go. Um, that works for Republicans. Scaring Republicans into voting works. I don't think that works for Democrats. That doesn't work for independents. It, it does to an extent, but I think you need momentum and energy behind your campaign to get people to step up and vote. Certainly. And it... It's dry. I just am still reeling from the fact that the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Boston got canceled due to the coronavirus and... I as a as someone whose jobs are all interacting with people, I d- DJing and karaoke and coaching the kids. I don't I don't have the kids put their we don't put all put our hands in the middle for sort of an ending uh-huh. cheer uh-huh. anymore at the end of class. We just have everybody sort of float their their hands apart from each other, <laughs> and <laughs> we make every we make everybody wash their hands before and after class. I can't help feeling that this that it might become as big a story as the election itself and in the in the process you lose some of the airtime that might otherwise be taken talking about healthcare or climate change or immigration or any of the I mean are we going to are Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders going to mention the fact that Trump put families in cages and and I mean they damn well like, as, as, you know I I just feel like I haven't heard about that in properly in months i it, it just it, you're right it's the the whole strategy of of lumping awful things together so that you can't really pick one out is there yeah, is, is is there anything else that you would like to talk about as far as the 2020 election goes eric um definitely stay you know as as tiring as it is stay engaged and talk about it with your friends and also the people who you don't think are in your your political bubble um be okay with talking to a trump voter even as hard as that is i mean don't you know obviously don't shit on them that doesn't help um you know but don't don't put your you know don't don't let them yell at you either i guess you know figure you know figure out how that conversation can go but be open i think and be positive I, I mean, nothing has really disheartened me as seeing Bernie supporters rail against Elizabeth Warren. Um, I mean, what is Bernie supposed to? Ber, Bernie has denounced those people, and every you, political. I don't, I don't blame Bernie. Bernie himself at all. It just is just another reminder that, like, I think that what really crushed me was hearing Liz talk about, like, oh, it's going to be another at least another four years before a woman is finally president. I'm just like. Yeah, it just, I was really hoping a woman would win the nomination this time around, and that's really just, like, where some of the wind came out of my sails, at least for right now. I'm sure my energy will get back up. There's a lot of more time before November, or even just the, the DNC, the Democratic Convention, but, um, 
you know, and it's just a whole, I think, a mess in terms of, you know, I think Liz said it the best herself. She's like, if I say I lost because of sexism, people call me a whiner. If I say it's not because of sexism, then we want to be like, well, what planet do you live on? Um, there, it's a trap question. She can't win by talking about it. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still, you know, that's how I'm feeling about it right now. And there's not really a solution other than, you know, getting up the next day and going and being at staying active and hope, you know, hoping and pushing for a better future, you know? That's a good optimistic note to end on, Eric. I appreciate it. Uh, please, uh, carry that. I, I, I definitely echo the remarks about staying optimistic. And, uh, if you're someone who agrees with us that Trump is not a good president and should be removed, like, you know, shouldn't be the president, then you should vote for whomever, uh, ends up winning the democratic nomination. And, Absolutely. and, and I would add one more, make sure you appeal to them too, because I think what's important is to remember that they are negatively affected by Trump's presidency as much as we are. Um, cause he doesn't care about them either. He just like, likes to have rallies to make himself feel better and he likes winning, but we all deserve better healthcare. We all deserve to fight climate change. We all deserve to have, you know, this national health crisis to be handled better. Definitely. As always, you can listen to all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire at soundcloud.com slash fightingfirewithfire. Give us a rating and review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Spotify and Google Play. And thank you, Eric, very much. For, for Eric Dura Simpson and AJ Rose, this has been Fighting Fire with Fire. Fuck Mitch McConnell. Don't ever forget that. I don't care how uh, you know his name hasn't been in the headlines. Fuck Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Until the day he is dead. All right? Yo, and make sure you vote in Kentucky because he's on the ballot this year. Okay, go, go Amy McGrath. Okay. Eric, we'll talk to you soon. And cheers. Bye.